0: he's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Jason, coming up, the Bears come crashing back to earth at SoFi Stadium. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue.
1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
0: Jason, the Bears lose 30-13 to at... So-fi against the Chargers team that was last in the AFC West coming into today against the Chargers team that had only two wins. Uh, but, boy, they made the Chargers look like world beaters, didn't they? Yeah, not a
1: heavyweight, not a heavyweight opponent. A team that not only pat um, two and four last place, but, like, in their own crisis. Yep. Where the quarterback is facing questions, the coach is on the hot seat. Although they have a quarterback and they have a pass rush with Macabosa, and, and if you're going to only have two things – Make sure you have those. They brought those three guys. I don't even know how many Pro Bowls you have between Herbert, Mack, and Bosa, mm-hmm. but what do you have on the flip side? You have Tyson Bajin, Yep. who we're gonna start out talking about, because that's what everybody wants to discuss at all times right now with the Bears. You have Tyson Bajan, Yannick Ngakwe, Demarcus Walker. You That is not, those are two journeymen and a fledgling rookie quarterback making his second start, it's hard come into a game against Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack and Bosa. I always forget which one is Joey Bosa. Joy, right? yes. Joey Bosa uh, with that. Now Bajan, Patrick. <laughs> second start last week. Efficient. The word I keep coming back to for Tyson Bajan um, in the Raiders game was is viable. Mm-hmm. And let's not overstate that as some <laughs> right. heaping praise. No. Uh, it's also not an insult. He was viable. Um, today, much less so. Tyson Bagent, 25 for 37, 232 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, a 62 passer rating. How do you, in a game that he was trailing all along mm-hmm. by double figures most of the night, how do you assess his performance?
0: I mean, it wasn't good. <laughs> he has a passer rating of 62, and Matty Burflute said after the game, well, we're chasing points, so you know he had to be a little bit more aggressive. That's fair. That's fair, but... I don't think you were gonna win a game because of him. I think he was gonna help you win a game. And he did neither on Sunday. He needs help though. He needs help from his defense to not give up hmm. scores on the first five Chargers possessions, including three touchdowns, two of which came after missed tackles. He needs help from a run game that was very pedestrian today. What, what, what are the numbers?
1: Uh, Foreman led them with 34 yards on nine carries, and the Bears as a whole had 73 rushing yards at an average of 2.9. I think last week against the Raiders they were 4.6.
0: He needs Valus Jones to catch a ball when he's open in the end zone. He needs um, Darnell Mooney to get up, and in the wor- words of Matt Eberflue, sell the fact that he hasn't been touched when he went down after catching a 41-yard pass on the first play of the game. Uh, he, he needs... His teammates to elevate him, which is not the right formula because a good quarterback elevates his teammates.
1: You know what you're describing right now, though? You're describing the 49ers, well, everything that they had in place yeah. when Brock Purdy stepped in. And everyone wants to compare Tyson Bajan and Brock Purdy. And we've been on this all along mm-hmm. that Brock Purdy stepped into a situation that was ready to drive, excellent yep. defense excellent line excellent skill players that is not what this is and you and I and you can't be looking here you can't be looking here for Tyson Bagent to win you games mm-hmm. he's the backup quarterback he's a rookie no matter how many snaps he took at Shepherd University and in the preseason this is a totally different step up when Justin Fields is playing quarterback he needs to be out there winning games there's different measurements here man sure. and it's not that we're being unfair to fields or favorable to Bajant. they're competing for different goals Tyson Bajan is trying to make sure he doesn't get cut tomorrow Right. every day. Uh huh. Justin Fields is trying to prove he's a thirty million or $40 million a year franchise quarterback and yep. that they shouldn't use the number one draft pick or whatever they end up having on his replacement. Those are completely different grading scales. So Tyson Bajan doesn't have to win you games. You have to help Tyson Bajan win you a game. Justin Fields is supposed to be able to overcome if he's right. really the guy for the job, and he has done that at times. But I, this is so far from an ideal situation for bajent to walk into.
0: I, I wrote these two things uh, in the Sun-Times, uh, available now wherever you get the internet, by the way. Um, number one is Tyson Bajent made some big league throws against the Chargers.
1: Yeah, as opposed to last week. And
0: he didn't look intimidated. Last week when he looked comfortable, that was worthy of praise. This week in a second start against a better team, it's not. It's he's got to be more than just not underwater back there, and and the other thing is this: Justin Fields, for all of his flaws, can be a game breaker, whether it's you know whether
1: I mean, Pat. Pat that's why they didn't play him in the season finale last year when they were they, they didn't they wanted to make sure they didn't win right because that guy can. He hasn't often right because the record has not been good during his starts, but he has special athletic ability throwing and running right that has the potential to win games for you
0: I think I I wrote that I think throwing and running in that order or I'm sorry running and throwing in that order but you know Justin Fields has some traits that you can win because of Uh, Tyson Bajan I think has to game manage you to a victory as we saw last week and the fact is the guys the Bears have just aren't good enough to drag him across the finish line now he threw two interceptions too. One of them was really bad. Uh, it was a miscommunication between he and DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney against a, an inverted cover two look. Uh, that's on him, and he knows it. Uh, the second one he threw uh, to Derwin James, also bad. I mean, he, you know, he made mistakes, and, uh, and I'm not trying to sit here and say that they lost the game because of everybody but Tyson Bajan. But what I'm trying to say is you need to calibrate your expectations realistically and realistically expecting him to come in here and be the reason why you win the game. That was probably never going to happen.
1: I hope nobody was really expecting that of him Uh, next week. This game against the Chargers really makes me more concerned than I already was about next week when the bears are going to play the saints who are another middling team, Yep. but the saints are excellent defensively. Mm -hmm. Saints are the number two defense in the league. Oh, they just scored 38 points in a win today. By the way, too. Yes. And while SoFi is a friendly place to play for every visiting team that comes in to face the Chargers, the Superdome is not. Right. And I know there's going to be a lot of Bears fans in there, but that is a, that is one of the elite home fields in the NFL. Um, I, let me ask you this: Would you? It, let's just say you had your choice of it. Would you rather see, for evaluation's sake, would you rather see one more? Tyson Bagent starts, so you have like three, three and a half to look at, or would you rather see Justin Fields next week in New Orleans?
0: I'd rather see Justin Fields if he's able. Um, and that's the big question is kind of what, what degree of able will he be? Um, but, you know, Tyson Bajan, Tyson is going to be in the league a long time, and I think he is going to be something that the Bears haven't had in a long time, which is a homegrown uh, backup quarterback who, when he has to come out two or three times a year, is interesting and is not a, not somebody who used to be good for the Eagles 10 years ago, or not somebody who
1: was never good. Yeah. They have some of those.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. He's somebody who is famous for being a bear and not for being, um, you know, chase Daniel or, or I mean, we can Nick Foles, we can keep going. uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, I think that's a major accomplishment, but I mean, it's not like what, if he goes to new Orleans and, they somehow win do i sit here and think that he's the future of the bears at quarterback probably not um in part because i think the odds of them going to new orleans and winning with a game plan like they had today is probably really really small
1: i think part of why i've been trying to figure out why the insanity over tyson bajin when he was viable he was good and i think that that should be good enough yep in the first game not tonight um Instead of having to project, is he the next Purdy? Is he the next, let's just keep going. Let's just do Tom Brady while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Um, is he the future? Do we want him playing over Fields? Fields would have done what, he would have gotten the same production and the same win over the Raiders mm-hmm. that Bajer got. He would have just got it in a different way. I've wanted to see Fields back as soon as he's able from the beginning because the stakes are enormous for him and for the organization. But to your point about this being such a rarity for the Bears to have a young, quarterback in development, mm-hmm. which is a massive roster planning flaw that they have not had this mm-hmm. new England. I always bring up the example of new England for 20 years right. had uh, Tom Brady, a quarterback. And every couple of years had one of these guys that mm-hmm. and sometimes they drafted them even higher, but right. right? like sometimes they weren't undrafted. Sometimes right. it was Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. or, um, mallet, Ryan right. mallet or Jacoby Brissett. It was some of the, it was guys like that. Um, I think that part of what has made bears fans, a little bit crazy about Beijing is a they don't have a clear answer at quarterback because fields has not been that mm-hmm. he was kind of on shaky ground he mm-hmm. was on shaky ground as far as his long-term status with the team at the time of the injury mm-hmm. and the Bears never have this right they always have these pointless backup quarterbacks as fo- pointless in terms of any kind of future right it's good to have a veteran capable quarterback If you need to go out there and win a couple games while somebody's out, but you should always have a Tyson Bajant. Like the ideal structure would be a Justin Fields type as your starter to see if he can beat the franchise guy, a veteran who could win you, you know, go one and one or two and two in a little stretch if your starter's out, mm -hmm. and then a Bajant type that's in development. You should always have that going. And they never have until now. They kind of do. I think if they were playing
0: meaningful games, maybe Tyson Bajant. (laughs) never gets this opportunity. I mean, if the Bears were going into a season in which they thought they could contend for a Super Bowl, maybe they look at P.J. Walker and they go, "Ah, you know, this guy's been outplayed, but boy, if it's week 13, we we need a guy playing quarterback who has seen a defense before. Or maybe they go spend more money on somebody other than P.J. Walker. Uh, Mm -hmm. If anything, the reason Bajan is interesting, I think, to Bears fans is because the rest of the team is really not very good and the season is lost already and we're not even halfway through the
1: season yet Pat, they're two and six yeah that's behind where they were at this point last year they were three and five they were two and one at yeah. some point last year too yeah yeah um yeah I think
0: it's also a just he's something new and I think this is true I think that he's a Rorschach test in the sense that if you don't like Justin Fields you look at Tyson Bajan a guy who who until last week had never done anything and you see either great promise or the opposite of great promise. If you like Justin, he is a way to argue about Justin Fields through a different vessel. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and I think that's why you see some of the passion there on both sides of it is there there are people that think that Justin's gotten a raw deal and there are people who think that, uh, that they've seen enough. Shoot, there are people we work with who think both, you know? And I think
1: both. Yeah. I think that from I think that so much has worked against Justin Fields in three years with the Bears, starting from day one, Pet mm-hmm. when they drafted this guy out of the elite level of college football with a high draft pick and said, No, you're redshirt and we're putting the yeah. training wheels on you. Justin Fields did not arrive at Hallis Hall as a project. Right. Justin Fields arrived as like one A, one B in that quarterback class as far with Trevor Lawrence as far as how they played in college. Yeah. He he I I think he there was, was lo- the most accomplished college quarterback in that class other than, he, he was up there. He was not a late round pick. I would
0: go one two. I would not go one A, one B. I think That's Trevor fine. Lawrence That's, was head and shoulders.
1: You're, you're nitpicking something that doesn't need to be nitpicked. Oh, come on. You really are. Um you have that you have once they finally play him, Matt Nagy has no idea what to do with him. Right. Completely uh, so bad, Pat, that after one game of calling one full game of calling plays for Justin Fields, he gives up play calling. He has a meeting that much of a disaster.
0: He has a meeting in which he turns to Nick Foles and
1: goes, Mm -hmm. got any ideas? So we keep going on that in that dysfunction. Right. In a regime where clearly the coach and GM are going to be fired. Justin Fields is going to have to prove himself to a new group. The new group likes him. Right. Poles likes him. Iberflus likes him. But sorry, kid, we're not bringing any players in. In fact, we're doing the opposite. We're getting rid right. of everyone that costs money. Right. So uh, good luck. Show us what you can do. So that is kind of a loss. And it's a necessary loss. It's a necessary thing that they had to do after Ryan Pace spent them into oblivion to go 6-11. and 11. Right. And now you get to this. And he's hurt. And there's problems on the offensive line. And the defense isn't good. So you're trying to throw back into games. And it's very, very difficult for Justin Fields. When the Giants said, uh, the Giants owner said a couple years ago, Daniel Jones, we've done everything possible to screw this kid up. Mm -hmm. Ryan Poles and Ryan Pace could put out a joint statement saying that. Right. All of that being said, you do not get forever, no matter what the circumstances are. The Bears are just careening like an asteroid to a number one pick or a top three pick, and that will be a great chance for them to reset at quarterback. So Justin Fields has only this limited window Of the last nine games right however many of those he plays to prove himself so it is both Mm -hmm. it is there has been so much Bears sabotage for Justin Fields Mm -hmm. but also he's out of time one way or the other it doesn't really matter how you got there he is running out of time
0: I um, I wrote a story this weekend in which I talked to uh, uh, Tim Hasselbeck the old quarterback Uh, he was an undrafted uh, rookie quarterback At one point in his life, Jason Garrett, the old Cowboys coach, was an undrafted rookie quarterback from a small school who then coached Tony Romo. So these guys know what they're talking about when it comes to this. And both of them said a version of the same thing, which is your draft status dictates how long somebody's going to stick with you. Mm -hmm. And if it's a first-round pick, they will give you every opportunity to fail and maybe a second opportunity to fail. Maybe too too long. Right. And if you're undrafted, the minute there's a sign of trouble – uh, you are not married. You are dating. <laughs> and you don't have to go to a a couples counselor. You can just break up, essentially. And, you know, Justin Fields... Jason Garrett said
1: all that? <laughs> or that's you?
0: Uh, no, there was a, if you're married, uh, they didn't say couples counselor, but there was a, you know, either you're married or you're not married. Um, and I think Justin, by virtue of being a first round pick... And by virtue of having some traits that are really, really special, deserves to get at every opportunity this year. So that is my very long-winded way of saying, if he's ready to go, let's go. Now I am very sus- you know, suspicious that two weeks after dislocating his thumb, magically
1: he's going to be okay. Same, and it's a huge problem for a guy that is trying to improve his throwing accuracy and runs all the time. As major ball control issues as it is.
0: Let's talk about Justin Herbert real quick. Justin Herbert broke the middle finger on his left hand on October 1st. That's four weeks ago. And that's just a broken finger. That is not a dislocated anything.
1: Non-throwing hand.
0: Non-throwing hand. Today he gets under center, takes a snap the wrong way, and fumbles. It's still bothering him a month later, and it's, you know, a far better injury than Justin Fields has. So I think he's. I, I think you saw that it can kind of linger, and you know, my question with Justin is, is how long would you let it linger before you, you know, you know, in order how, how, how injured does he have to be for you to sit there and go like, now nah, we'll stick with the kid? He
1: has to be pretty healthy, Pat, because you're talking about a hand, and we've discussed this before with Justin Fields. Tough as they come, right? But this is not an injury that you can tough out. This mm-hmm. can this affects whether you could throw the ball, whether you can secure the ball in the pocket when you're getting hit, which mm-hmm. is going to happen. Yep. And there's a lot of concerns about that. You brought up Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. And that's where I see a lot of concerns in this Chargers game for Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus has talked on and on and on for a year and a half about championship habits and fundamentals. You saw so many lapses Mm -hmm. defensively for the Bears. You saw missed tackles. You saw penalties. You saw a total... Uh, they they made Justin Herbert one-sided. Justin Herbert is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Herbert has been the most prolific quarterback in the league other than Patrick Mahomes since he got drafted. Uh, but they made him one-dimensional. It didn't mm-hmm. matter.
0: That's not to be. That's not to be confused with good. Prolific is different.
1: Puts up numbers. Yes. Puts up numbers. I I do think he's good. I don't think he's the best quarterback other than Mahomes, but he is the most right. prolific right. other than Mahomes. Yeah. You're in a real nitpicking mood tonight, <laughs> man. The people know what I'm saying. They know they know the lingo. They know right. the, they got good vocabularies. Um, You can't talk all the time about being fundamentally sound and not missing tackles and doing things right. And even though we don't have defensive ends, we're going to dent the pocket with defensive tackles and then not do any of that in a game. Yeah. And that was kind of how it ended with Matt Nagy, where he's telling you something all the time and then the game tells the truth. Right. And Matt Eberflus has been telling us about championship habits, but you didn't see that tonight. And you see a coach now who is five and 20, Pat. Mm-hmm. And I know that the, the tank year, like the throwaway year of 2022, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not totally on him. Right. He, he didn't do any better or any worse with that roster than I don't think anybody else would do. But how do you climb out of five and 20? How do you climb out of that hole? And when you're in a season where there were expectations, well, we're grading this for real. This is not a practice season like last year. And you're a defensive specialist for three decades and your defense looks like this and you're two and six. That is a lot stacking up against Matt Eberflus.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, part of what bothered me, and you're right about Justin Herbert being just one of the great throwers of the football on the planet. I loved
1: watching him play tonight. It was so fun to watch the throws he made. But
0: you know what? I could throw a screen to Austin Eckler. <laughs> he
1: threw those so well, though. Penn. No, he, Even he, those little out yes, routes, like, he threw them so – it was so on the money. My
0: my issue isn't as much with them failing to, to, to stop Herbert as it is – you know, when, when a tight end you've never heard of, apologies to Donald Parham and his family, when a tight end you never heard of with four seconds left catches the ball at the five and puts his head down and gets through three bears to score a touchdown, when all you gotta do is get him down and it's a field goal, that's not Justin Herbert. That's a defense failing to do their job. When, uh, when Austin Eckler uh, just makes TJ Edwards whiff in the backfield and goes up the sideline for a 39 yard, yard touchdown, that's not Justin Herbert.
1: Edward, he had him for a three-yard loss. If he yeah, it was that crazy.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a Bears defense failing to do what Matt Eberflus preaches. And you know, if you are going to be the details coach, and, and we've talked about this for two years, if there is a secret sauce to Matt Eberflus, and no one's saying there is right now, but if there if there were, it is he is the coach that found a way to grade um, film in a way that democratically uh, allows the best players to come to the top and the, and half the grading system is how hard did you hustle on that play? It's uh, a system that I don't know uh, how much it works in a league where the players sometimes make a lot more than the coaches do. Oh, yeah. uh, it feels like something that in college would probably uh, make a lot of sense but if you're going to be the detail guy if your secret sauce is going to be we run and we hit and we grade you on that boy your team better be good at the details and he pointed out today he said listen last couple of weeks we were really good on tackles and that's great against but who? that's not what we're talking
1: yeah against who though
0: yeah the raiders uh the vikings but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about this game yeah and this game they were uh, decidedly not
1: and he hinted that he was pretty angry at halftime sure he said something like i got him in i finally got in front of him at halftime and Right. things were better in the second half, but I mean, how does it get to that point when that's the that's the thing you emphasize all the time, and then it's not what you get. I, there's quite... There's I, I
0: also suspect this. The people on the field might not be good enough.
1: There's some pretty good players out there, Pat. Okay. Some high draft picks and highly paid guys, so that kind of pivots us into the other topic here, which is Ryan Poles. Right. I mean, you're looking at the coaching. That doesn't look promising right now. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for me to see Matt Eberflus staying in this job at past the end of the season right now. Okay, Ryan Poles though is the one who supplied him these players. Ryan Poles said, "I'm sh- I'm sure to his regret, as soon as it came out of his mouth, Pet, he mm-hmm. said before the season started, he thought he was about 75 to 80 percent of the way through his checklist on the rebuild. I mean, he can't be half of that right now.
0: The other 25 percent are just really good players. They're, <laughs> they're, they're the huge things you need, which is quarterback
1: and pass rush. Right. Um, how, how do you size up? how do you look at this 2 and 6 record and the flaws we saw in the Chargers game through the lens of evaluating Ryan Poles in terms of rosterability the
0: big the big question you have to ask yourself is if you plan on drafting a quarterback uh, this this offseason do you want him drafting the quarterback that's i mean that's it that's the question and you know we could talk about roster construction and about how they don't have a pass rusher Well, you know, we can talk about how, you know, uh, Cody Whitehair, who they decided to bring back in somewhat of a surprise is having probably his worst season. We can talk about Eddie Jackson uh, after last year, you know, having a pretty good resurgent year until he got hurt about Eddie being, you know, you know, on the sideline a lot more than he's in the game now uh, as he recovers from a foot injury. He was active on Sunday and didn't play. Uh, You know, a lot of those are decisions that, that he made that are not in their favor. Now, DJ Moore's pretty good. Best
1: that's, player on the team.
0: Uh, Darnell Wright, looking pretty good. Uh, that trade he made uh, looks okay. And part of the reason it looks okay is because the Panthers are bad. Even though they won on Sunday for their first game, uh, that could be a steal. Uh, you know, The question is do you trust him to evaluate w- whichever the quarterback is that's there?
1: Quarterback is a tough one because his choice this past, the only choice he's ever really made about the quarterback was keeping Justin Fields and unloading the number one pick Mm -hmm. for a deal that we think was pretty good Mm -hmm. in a quarterback class that was highly questionable. Mm -hmm. C.J. Stroud has turned out to be the best Mm -hmm. through half a season. We'll see where that goes. Yep, That's really the only quarterback decision he made. There's some other decisions, though, that are concerning. And you look back about a year ago when he unloaded Roquan Smith, who everybody knew was good, including Ryan Poles. There was not a lot of question For anyone about, well, what's, you know, is Roquan Smith on the way? Like, we knew what Mm -hmm. Roquan Smith was from his rookie year. And then the next day you have trading a second round pick for Chase Claypool, who gives you nothing. Mm -hmm. You would love to have, I think right now, Roquan Smith and a second round pick applied at any position. By the way, not only did Chase Claypool give you nothing, I could argue that he
0: actually took from you. They were. It's no coincidence that their offense looked better once he was out of their hair. Um, yeah, because
1: yeah. Tyler Scott, even though he's like my size, blocks. Right.
0: Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, it's it, – yes. You know, you give them Joey Porter Jr. at corner and Roquan Smith, and you're doing okay. Um, yeah, and real quick before we go, Jason, the trade deadline is Tuesday. I realize that making declarations about what they will or will not do is touchy business, but – Uh, would you have any interest in them either uh, selling off or trying to add talent? I know it sounds silly, but you know, you know, they have a better chance of getting the first round pick with the Panthers losing uh, the rest of the way than they do their own selves losing and boy, they need players and you know, there could be a world in which, you know, this is the easiest way to get them.
1: Uh, Do you think they'll do either? It's a heck of a test of Ryan Poles discipline of doing the right thing however it plays out for him individually Mm -hmm. because I he has no guarantee I don't know if you agree with me on this but I think that the general manager and the coach whoever it is is going to be on a shorter leash with Kevin Warren in charge than they were when it was it couldn't be
0: I think it would be hard for it to be a longer leash
1: I don't think there's going to be a lot of margin like -hmm. there was before so Ryan Poles just like Matt Iberflus, cannot afford to just Plunge this thing straight to the bottom mm-hmm. And assume he's going to keep his job So that would incentivize him To add mm-hmm. selfishly But you cannot be a buyer When you're 2-6, and six. that is not the right call Absolutely not the right
0: well, call Well Especially if you're going to trade for a veteran I know Chase Young uh, The uh, edge rusher from the Commanders That's a name that seems to be popular out there He's in the last year of his deal What you're doing is you're going to have to give up a draft pick For the privilege of writing somebody a big check Right away like, like it wouldn't be a, like at the end of the year we'll work out a deal. It would almost have to be agreed to, as part of the trade. For him, yeah. And then are you, you know, are you throwing money at a guy you don't even
1: know? Well, they did that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It didn't, well, they didn't throw money
1: at it. I mean, they threw uh, asset at it. They threw that uh, that second round pick at it with Claypool, mm-hmm. who they didn't know and clearly didn't didn't know nearly enough about. And
0: you could talk me into the fact that, boy, they need an edge rusher like nobody's business and even if you got to overpay you got to overpay like
1: the responsible thing for the long term of the franchise is not to add right now that might be the best thing that for Ryan Poles but i think that's another area where you have Kevin Warren involved who is going to veto moves you, that are in that it, and i'm not even saying Ryan Poles would do this he hasn't been in this situation we don't know that. We don't know when the conflict comes like it did for Ryan Pace no. between your own interests and the long-term interests of the team. We don't know what Ryan Poles will do because he doesn't have a track record in this position. Right. I don't think Kevin Warren is going to let something through that is not in the best long-term planning for the Bears.
0: Would you trade Jalen Johnson?
1: I wouldn't trade Jalen Johnson because Jalen Johnson is 24 and your best corner, and I think he's – around the 10th best corner in the league. Okay. It's not about future versus trying to win now. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson's a guy you should want for both. You should want Jalen. They should give Jalen Johnson a four or five-year contract, Pep, because that puts him at 28, 29. Right. Like, there's very little risk of that not working out. You're going to get his entire prime on that deal. What about you? I I wouldn't use the
0: trade deadline. I think the notion of... Uh, you either trade him or extend him by Tuesday. I don't think that's how this works. I, I think that they'll keep him and probably keep working on that extension. I think that's the right thing to do. I, you know, they just can't be in the business of trading away young, good players. And that's what they did with Roquan Smith. And, boy, it uh, uh, didn't seem to hurt Roquan's career in the least. Um, Roquan
1: got that money from a respected organization like the, like a minute later. And if
0: you watched him play this year? It's unbelievable. He's, he's, he's a, a wonderful player. Again. He's a wonderful
1: player. Um, I, I, I don't think that there was, there was ever any kind of deadline on the Jalen Johnson thing where, you know, tr- trade him or extend him right. by the deadline. I just think it would have been the best business move for them to get a deal done with him before this game, really, right. and settle everything and eliminate this. When you have Jalen Johnson, pet, talking about he didn't know, he was kind of thinking going into that Raiders game, this might be it for me, this might be right. my last home game as a Bear. He's telling you that. Right, and that tells you it's real enough to him. And nobody from the organization came in and said, "Jalen, Jalen, we're We're not trading you, man." Right, no one came in and and put that to rest for him.
0: It'll be interesting. He said on the team's official pregame show Sunday that he expected it to be a relatively slow trade deadline at Hallis Hall. Uh, But why would he say anything else? Um, That's one of those. one of those uh, he's telling the truth until he's not sort of situations. so we will see what comes of that uh, and then we go to New Orleans next week we will uh, Jason check in during the course of the week about whether or not Justin Fields is good to go whether they're gonna try it out and whether we expect to see Tyson Bajan again uh, he's Jason Leisure I'm Patrick Finley Mark Potash is far afield but please follow us on social media check us out on the Sun Times website and if you live in Chicago pick up a newspaper Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon.
1: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.